Millionaire Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Grace Costa, a commercial photographer of over two decades, a photo-based artist and a photography mentor. This podcast opens up a secret diary about the world of the photography industry. We'll bring you inspiring interviews with industry professionals, as well as stories and tips to help you propel through your photography journey, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's open the latest diary. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Photo Diaries podcast. Super excited today because I'm going to share with you how I built my career as a photographic artist. So let's start in 2012 when uh, I had a full-time job as a corporate photographer for the Department of Defence. And on the weekends and in my spare time, I was building my creative practice, just doing little personal projects here and there based on conceptual work of things I was really interested in or that I had ideas about. And nothing was just too serious. It was just a lot of play and experimentation at the time. But one personal project I was doing, which took a lot of my time and it was really fun for me, was documenting the Australian rodeo around my region of the ACT in Canberra. And a lot of people were noticing this work and they were commenting how great my images were. So um, they suggested that I have an exhibition around this work. And so that started my journey of being an exhibiting artist and selling my work as a photographer. So from there, um, I started building an artist CV. So some of you might want to know what an artist CV actually is. It's basically a resume for yourself as an artist or as a creative in general, which would include a summary of your style, your inspiration, your background and key features where you've been part of um, like if you've won anything major or anything notable in your career or done anything notable in your art career. It mentions a whole list of your exhibitions, the competitions you've won or been finalist in, the awards, where you've been published and featured, if you've done any guest speaking, if you've done any judging. It's all a resume based around that stuff. So for me, since 2012, maybe even a little bit earlier when I was starting to enter competitions, I have started to build out my artist CV. And over the years, you know, I've added more and more things to it, which have helped me become more prolific as a photographic artist in Australia. Now, of course, I'm not a household name by any means. All I'm sharing with you today is how I've built my career strong enough that it has allowed me to build an extra revenue stream as a photographic artist. And I know a lot of you out there are very interested in how to sell your art as a photographer, your fine artwork, and how to build on your conceptual ideas. So that's why I want to share with you today how how it came about for me. So from this first idea of doing a solo exhibition around Australian rodeo. I had my first show. It was about 16 large-scale action shots and I invested heavily 
on everything in this show because basically it was my first impression to Canberra showcasing myself as a photographic artist. So I put a lot into it. I invested in graphic designer for the invitation, a band for the opening night, food, uh, gifts for my sponsors. Yes, I got sponsorship. Um, I paid for all of it myself as well. I spent about 5K on my first show and that was a two-week show in Canberra. And from there, the portfolio was built so that I could exhibit that elsewhere. So I took the show to Melbourne, to Fitzroy. It was in uh, Brunswick Street Gallery. And I learned something really valuable (laughs) at that time when I travelled the show to Melbourne. So in Canberra, rodeos were a thing, you know, quite commonplace to have rodeos in Canberra and the surrounding region, New South Wales, Maruya, um, you know, the coast, the country areas like Bungendore, Braidwood, things like that. But when I took the exhibition to Fitzroy in Melbourne, it's kind of a city place, right? And there's a lot of vegans and vegetarians in that region. So the feedback for from having a show in the gallery, in the Brunswick Street Gallery, uh, was that it wasn't received all that well. It was a bit shocking to people because of their belief system and and the type of patrons that uh, frequented that, that gallery. So it taught me that I should have done my research before I exhibited that work there. I mean, it doesn't matter. I still could have shown it there. It, there's nothing wrong with shocking people or bringing people a new perspective or a new storyline that they may not have had access to before that's what art's about right so anyway that's um that was my first solo series called bucked off and then from there I created different sort of explorative work and I was producing some things in the dark room the cameraless process called photograms At the time I was doing that, I was with my mate, um, Mark Mahill, who was also exploring botanical work, and my work was of floral stuff. So we discussed sharing a show together in Sydney at um, the Gaffer Gallery, right smack bang in the city. So we put together a group show called Still, and because our themes were aligned, it worked really well. We shared the cost of the gallery hire. We did the printing cost ourselves. We shared the cost of um, printing the posters and invitations. And we had an opening over there. But the benefit of uh, having a show at the Gaffer Gallery is it has multiple gallery spaces within the one building. So the opening nights were really big because everyone's inviting their networks. And because Mark and I didn't have many networks in Sydney, it was a benefit to us to have all those other eyeballs on our work. So that was really good opportunity for both of us and another show that we could add to our artist CV. From there, I was part of many other group shows. I sometimes got invited to be part of them, sometimes applied for them. I applied for uh, a lot of competitions and photo awards 
and I won some along the way and some of them I became finalists in. So I got to add all that stuff to my artist's CV as well. Then I went back to doing solo work (laughs) and I guess um, this time in my life, it was around 2016 and I started tapping into my creativity that was more personal. I started photographing horses and I don't mean photographing them in the paddock, in the landscape, like you see online or wherever you see horse photos, but I did it quite differently and I photographed them inside an old shell of a building in Canberra called the Mount Stromlo Observatory. And I built out this whole series. I invited 20 different horses, all colours, all breeds, up this really steep winding mountain to be posed inside this building. And this project was really personal to me and I didn't know that in the beginning. I started photographing it. I just started doing it. I had an idea. I shared it with my father, who's been a horseman for over 50 years. And I said, hey, I've got this idea, Dad. I want to take a horse up to the Mount Stromlo Observatory and photograph them inside there. (laughs) He thought it was crazy and said, what do you want to do that for? He just couldn't understand the concept. And I said, look, Let's just do it. Bring, um, let's just bring one of your horses and I'll show you what I'm talking about. So I practiced with three of his horses in the beginning just to develop the concept and to make sure it had legs that were worth um, exploring because it wasn't easy to get a horse all the way up this mountain you know, get it ready and then shoot it in there and then take it back to its paddock. It it was a lot of effort. So I had to make sure the idea was okay before I started expanding it and inviting strangers and friends to be part of it. So we explored the idea. It turned out it looked great. I loved the first final image. It turned out exactly as I had in my mind. And you can look it up. The first image that I tried was called Peppy and it's part of the final horse series. But what I did uh, at the beginning, which was really vital for me, I shared the image with two really well-known Australian photographers who had exhibited their work, really prolific in the industry. One of them was Leela Jeffries and one of them was Stephen DuPont. I showed both of them at the time, told them about my concept And they gave me the green light. Not that I needed it, but it really helped me. It gave me the courage to explore the idea further and take it seriously as a series. So after that, I took about 12 months to create this series. I I got my dad's horses. Then once I exhausted them, (laughs) we used to own a horse riding school. So I have a lot of horse connections. I invited people I knew when I needed certain color schemes. Um, I then put a call out on Facebook for extra horses that I needed. I found my horse models in really crazy places at crazy times because I have found over the years that if you have an idea and you share it with the world, the universe usually conspires to help make it happen. 
Case in point, I was photographing a horse at a horse riding school in Canberra, not ours, another one. And as I was leaving, I was thinking to myself, I still haven't got that Palomino horse that I've been searching for. Where am I going to find a Palomino horse? I didn't know anyone who owned one. As I was driving out of the riding school, I came across this girl riding a beautiful, creamy Palomino horse. And I hesitated, but I pulled over and I walked up to her and I introduced myself. And she was a young girl, so she was probably really scared of me. But I introduced myself and I told her who I was, what I was doing with my ID and how I needed her help to be part of my project. I gave her my business card. I told her mum to ring me or text me. And in the end, we made it happen. It turns out that creamy Palomino horse that I found that day became part of my series, but also became one of my highest selling photographic prints to date. (laughs) So it just goes to show how the universe helps you out. So I don't want to go too much into detail about this horse project. I don't want to bore you, but basically after sourcing all the horses I needed, I went up and down this mountain every weekend basically for a good eight months and then uh, it took a few months to do the finessing, the editing, the retouching because I photographed all the horses naked basically and just with a a tiny little rope around their head so that I could retouch that out later. They weren't wearing saddles or bridles. So there was a bit of retouching to do afterwards. And I put together the series based around the first best image um, I created and just leveraged all the other ones in comparison to make sure that they were all at the same standard as a series. So I put together, I think there were 17 in the end, and had a solo show at the Nisha Gallery in Canberra. Now, I was invited to have a show there because I knew somebody who was looking for artists and she worked there and she knew I was doing this project. So she said, do I want to have a solo show? It was a really expensive gallery to exhibit and I hesitated for quite some time because I thought I could put that money towards a trip overseas, you know. I didn't have to have this show. It was expensive. Was I going to make my money back? All those sort of questions came through my mind. And although I was working full time and, you know, it's not like I didn't have money. It was just a question of how I was going to spend my money. In the end, I said yes. And that was the best decision I made (laughs) for my art career because it turns out it was a sellout show. I sold everything in the gallery plus multiples. In the end, it turned out to be $14,500 in gallery sales. Now, the gallery took 45% of that. That's fine. That's the way it was always going to be. But it really launched me as a photographer in Canberra. I became known as the horse lady and I think probably even two years after that show, if people heard my name or met me face-to-face, they would say, ah, I went to your exhibition at the Nisha Gallery a few years ago. (laughs) And I'll say, yeah, yeah, that was me. Um, So 
you know, that really helped me out in my career. I got sponsored by Ted Ted's Camera Shop for that one. Um, I got a lot of opportunities from that show, starting with uh, invitation to speak at TEDx Canberra to talk about my exhibition and how I put the series together and my creative practice. That came about because the lady who was the licensee of TEDx Canberra visited my exhibition and purchased one of my artworks. And of course, we got talking about how I put it together. She loved it so much. She said, you know, you've got to be part of our TEDx. From there, I got invited to be part of a group show in Queensland at the Logan Gallery in Queensland called Ponyland. And that was a special show dedicated to the love and passion of horses in the Australian culture. So it was a real honour to be invited for part of that show. I started getting features in magazines, radio interviews, invitations to the art fair in Sydney. So I was part of that. And then from there, I got invited by galleries to be signed up to sell my work through them. Uh, Since then, I've signed up to multiple galleries to sell my horse series. And then that turned into more series related to horses and some collaborations and a short film. And basically now I manage two brands. So I manage my art art business, um, which is basically my horsework, and I manage my corporate photography business, which is serving corporate and small business clients and doing my mentoring as well. So now I want to talk about how this one series has turned into multiple series from there. So now that I have realized that horses are my personal story and I haven't explained to you how that came about, I'm sorry, I will get there. Now I have connected to horses as a muse for me. Once I did some journaling during the process of building this horse series, I started to realize that horses for me, I knew horses were a personal personal um a love and an interest for me but it became deeper than that I started journaling because I had to document how this project was made right from the first image with my father's horses I knew that this series was going to be something worth documenting I knew in my heart and in my soul that it was an important body of work for me I didn't know why I didn't know what it was going to turn into, but I knew I had to write down the whole experience. And I'm so glad that I did because everything I journaled helped me write my TED Talk about creating the series. And it has helped develop my thoughts and my artist bio and my artist statement about why I photograph horses. Will I go into that in this episode? I feel like we're already talking so long about this. (laughs) But horses are personally connected to me because they are connected to my father and I guess I connected to my father and became close to my dad through horses. He has been a horseman ever since I was born. So he has taught me how to understand them, how to respect them and how to 
read their um, body language. So a lot of this work was about understanding horse body, body language and behaviour. And also I think in some respects this body of work that continues to be around horses has tapped into something from my past as a little girl. I was really petrified of horses and my older sister reminds me just how scared of horses I was. And, you know, I grew up with them. I rode them all the time because we grew up on a farm in um, Hoskintown. Most of you will have never heard of that little place, but it's kind of near Bungendore. Uh, and, you know, I grew up riding them, learning about them, being around them every day because my dad was breaking them in and things like that. And we always had them as pets, but, you know, I still had this innate fear around them, except our family horse. He was one that I really trusted so much. And I felt so comfortable with him eventually once I grew up a bit more. But as a young child, they they scared me quite a lot, even though I loved them and I wanted to be around them and I loved all the horse paraphernalia and I was a horsey girl. So this series is so personal to me because it's about a family exploration but also a personal exploration. And now I've developed it into a second and third and fourth series. So... Because I have found my muse, I now have the freedom to create and extend the series further. And I know that it belongs to me. It's an easy one because I don't have to guess anymore. I just have to keep creating from my imagination. And my ideas have just been extensive and explosive because I have tapped into what that personal story really is about. And uh, that has really helped me have some freedom and um yeah it's it's been really great for me as an artist so from this series i exhibited at the qt hotel and a second series which was a follow-up one about spotted horses and we exhibited that not only at the qt but also another gallery in in canberra and then i started a collaboration and that collaboration was with a florist. We did a series of horse portraits. They were headshots and the horse was wearing a gorgeous, fresh, handmade headdress, floral and botanical headdress that the florist made. And this was such a fun collaboration, although it was testing for both of us, mostly for the florist because they had to find out a way to engineer a headdress that will stay on the bridle without falling apart. And we learned this the hard way because the first one we shot, uh, we filmed it as well so you can look it up on YouTube. If you type in Grace Costa on YouTube, it will come up, uh, the Blooming series, this one's called. And, you know, when the horse shook his head, half the botanicals fell out because they weren't strapped in. They were just using the um, Oasis, you know, that spongy stuff. So the florist learnt along the way how to engineer these headdresses a little bit stronger uh, for the horses going forward. So that was a great collaboration. And then from there, I created a short film based around my father's connection to horses and how that story has come about in his life. That was a collaboration as well. We uh, made a short film and we launched it 
uh, the premiere at Palace Electric in 2019. And that was a really great, successful collaboration. A film company made that for me. I was the executive producer. I brought the story. I um, had the final say. I got to direct how the, you know, how the film was edited. It was a six-minute film. We won some awards internationally for that. And we entered it in the Canberra Short Film Festival that year. So uh, this whole project of the horse has really developed me as an artist and it's really fleshed out over the years since I launched it in 2016. And the work still continues to sell today online. I don't have exhibitions at the moment. I'm just letting it sell in the background through my online and physical galleries that I'm signed up to. But it just goes to show how much you can um, squeeze out of your art career if you're finding something that really aligns with you. So now I have two brands that I manage and it is quite difficult to manage my um my brand as an artist, as well as my commercial photography, because that takes up a lot of work serving clients and marketing to brands. But, um, you know, some of them, you know, it just sort of goes in ebbs and flows and I give more energy to one over the other at certain times of year. But I'm totally okay with that. So, my friends, I hope sharing this story with you about how I built my art career has inspired you with your own art practice. And if you have any questions for me, you know I'm an open book, so you can ask me anything you want. Um, I welcome you to do that. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to me. And if you would like, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, The more people that see this podcast, the more people we can inspire in the photography industry and we can have a more collaborative experience as photographers. Until next time, my friends, I will catch you later. That's it for today's episode. If you found it valuable, I invite you to leave a review so more people can find this podcast or simply subscribe to be notified when each new episode drops. Until next time. See you later.